global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet, S&P 500 index on track for a losing day. In fact, heading toward the longest weekly losing streak in four months amid lackluster results from large retailers, a topic we were just discussing. Nordstrom shares, they are now down by 14.3%. The S&P down 17, the decline of eight-tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials, close to the worst level of the day, down 181 points, a drop there of 1%. NASDAQ down 19, a drop of 0.4%. Gold up $3 the ounce to 12.74, a gain of two-tenths of 1%. Your tenure up 14.30 seconds, the yield there 1.70%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thanks so very much. Time now for the ETF report brought to you by Vanek Vectors ETFs. Expect more from your munis. Target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vanek.com slash muni. Vanek. Access the opportunities. For this now, we turn to Bloomberg's Catherine Cowdery. Smart Beta has come to the fixed income ETF market. Index IQ has introduced two ETFs based on a momentum investing approach to fixed income markets. It really takes the pain out of investors' portfolios and you know, lets them sleep at night, not having to uh, retilt their portfolios every time the Fed makes a move or doesn't. That's Adam Patty, Index IQ's chief executive. Patty explains the strategy behind the IQ Enhanced Core Bond U.S. ETF. We take the investable um, bond segments, whether it's governments, corporates, and then mortgage backs in the enhanced, and we use a momentum factor to tilt between those different asset classes to allow uh, investors really to get more from their core investments. Patty says their second new ETF, the IQ Enhanced Core Plus Bond U.S. ETF, adds U.S. high-yield debt in the mix along with the dollar-denominated debt of emerging market issuers. Both ETFs have an expense ratio of 34 basis points. They trade under the symbols AGGE and AGGP. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. All right, the sun, it's going down just a little bit here in Bermuda. We are broadcasting live from Elbow Beach, Bermuda, an oceanfront enclave of classic style and contemporary luxury. Our next guest is very jealous that we are near the water because Michael Obuchowski, the founder of Merlin Asset Management, based in Boston, he's a competitive sailor. In addition to the fact that he probably has a good, good qualification for understanding the psychology of investors because Dr. Obuchowski knows a lot about psychiatry. He, he was going to be a doctor at one point and he earned his PhD in clinical psychology from the New School for Social Research. Michael Obuchowski, thanks for being with us. Uh, great to be with you, Pim. Did, did did I capture all of that? Did I did I was I able to put enough uh, forward for you to be a little bit uh, sort of jealous about our proximity to the water? Well, it's a very generous description of my background, but I am definitely jealous of you of you being in Bermuda. Although I am I am actually in Newport, Rhode Island, so very close to the water also. 
Oh, all right. Well, then, then very good. All right. So success follows success. Um, and so how can people be successful using this Merlin large cap growth strategy in order to perhaps eventually enjoy all of these good things? Well, I think I think what it helps it helps to focus on the uh, fundamental characteristics of the companies, and also it helps to cut through through the incredible noise that we have been experiencing in the markets. I think you know this is the end of the week where many of the large uh, retailers uh, re- reported pretty pretty horrific numbers, and and I think everybody is questioning whether the consumers are dead, whether retailers are dead. I think the consumers do not appear to be dead; they are still. Spending, but they are spending differently, which uh, might very well bring uh, bring uh, very unwelcome news to retailers, malls, and sort of related businesses. The the world is changing, and you have to uh, be on your toes. You have to pay attention to what you are investing in, and it's um, and as I mentioned, it is very difficult to keep focus on uh, fundamentals, good characteristics of companies that are still out there that are growing. At a at a good pace and uh, building their businesses despite the slow economy. Well, your uh, strategy, very in a very basic sense, is you select in, in one of your funds the 50 most attractive large cap growth firms, regardless of industry or sector. Uh, you've got a three to five year outlook. You use a comprehensive multivariate approach, bottom up, top down, quantitative evaluation, etc. Right now, do you have any big retailers in, in any of your various funds, or did you say handwriting's on the wall, department store chains are becoming dinosaurs? Kathleen, it's a great question. Um, retail, retail business has been very, very tough, and uh, I see the primary reason for the retail business being, be, being difficult is Amazon. Uh, Amazon is really just uh, stealing their business and... When you think about it, it only represents about Amazon only represents about seven percent of the of the retail business right now, and it's already destroying companies like we like we have heard uh, we reporting this week. However, it is possible to find the good retailers, but uh, what I would call them those are the retailers that haven't been Amazon yet or are very difficult for Amazon mm-hmm. to to capture. So I so I own some of them. They are the example is Michael Stores. Uh, and other examples are are those um, off-price retailers, like for example TJ Maxx, which I also own for my clients, and also the the uh, building business, the home building is, is uh, has been doing well. So I own Lowe's, I also own um, uh, HDS, which is a spin-off from Home Home Depot that is focused on uh, on uh, professionals. So they. It is possible to look look into retail and actually find good companies, but it has been very, very difficult and really eliminates the majority of the sort of traditional retail names. Michael, what kind of time horizon do you recommend that investors take when they deploy this kind of strategy? Well, I look at the companies when I choose them for the portfolios. I look at about three to five years. So it's you know five years is probably questionable whether you can really do it at, at such uh, such period of time. But I think one to three years and uh, one year is probably too little. So I would say three years is sort of the average what you should be looking at. And uh, it's a uh, all, all my strategies are fairly low turnover strategies. The annualized turnover is about twenty thirty percent. So once they select the stock, they tend to stay in the portfolios for a fairly long period of time. 
How do you how do you look at a company like Apple now? You know, in some sense, it, it, it gets so big, you get mature. They had the big deal, right? That a billion dollar investment in Didi, the largest. Uh, it's like the Uber of China, right? Um, this deal led by t- Tim Cook. Really, an interesting story. But I remember when Microsoft was just nobody liked Microsoft, right? Microsoft seemed old and stodgy. Things sure changed in Microsoft. A lot of people like that stock now. How do you feel about companies like that in this this big mature tech space? Well, I should tell you the the um, a few years ago I was talking in San Francisco to some of the CNET people about uh, liking Microsoft, and they were looking at me like I had a third eye in the middle of my forehead. And uh, I could see at that time I could see changes happening in Microsoft, and uh, it took a few years for for numbers to sort of show what they have been doing. I so it's um. It's an interesting question. They are, they are, there's a benefit to large technology companies, benefit of experience and what they are able to do, but they have to be able to change. And uh, we have been seeing some of those, those old-style tech companies changing. Microsoft is a perfect example. Cisco is another example of a company that is completely reinventing itself. Oracle might be another one uh, moving into the cloud. Apple Apple has been a really uh, frustrating company. I think we, a few years ago there was a question, well, was Apple really all about Steve? And uh, they had a deep bench. There were a lot of people working with Steve. And uh, at least so far, uh, I have to say that the answer is that it was really all Steve. I have not been impressed with Tim Cook. I've always said that he was a very good COO, but I don't see him as a good leader of the company. I think the design is also lacking. They haven't developed anything beyond what was deep set them to do. So it's a company that has still great potential. I think they have uh, they, they just upped their R&D budget to about $10 billion, so something better come out of it. Uh, but uh, right now it's driven by single product. You know, more than 60% of revenues are based on an iPhone, and there is nothing else, and there is still nothing else on the horizon. At the same time, Apple generates more cash than most of the technology companies combined. So it is uh, very inexpensive. Uh, There are questions about the growth. The company is still well well managed. Is it going to return to growth? Those are the questions that I'm struggling with. And uh, uh, I still own Apple, but I would call it I still own Apple rather than I believe that I will own Apple for a long period to come. Um, fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us. And next time we come to Bermuda, maybe you'll get in your sailboat and race down, okay? Thank you very much. Great talking to you, Kathy and Tim. That's Dr. Michael Obachowski. He's a founder of Merlin Asset Management based in Boston. Oh, you heard him. He's in Newport, Rhode Island today. A lot of people on this Friday afternoon are on the beach. I don't know if anybody else is on quite a nice beach as us, Pim. Elbow Beach. Elbow Beach Resort. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox taking stock on Bloomberg Radio.